welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Um, I'll be your host tonight, um, Dave Dunning, and I have with me Dave Karen out in Brazil. Dave, how are you doing out? Not too bad, mate. Yourself? Yes, good, thanks. And uh, also tonight, uh, we've got Jay Reid out in Liverpool. Jay, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Um, all things going good, obviously. What's not to like at the minute? We're top of the league, so yeah, life's good. Yeah, well, 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 that's it, isn't it? Um, no complaints from anybody, and long may that continue. A strangely comfortable 3 0 win away to Burnley at Turf Moor, which is a notoriously difficult place to go. And, and Dave, there was, there's something about this side at the minute that they just seem to be making things so easy. And there's a desire there that's palpable. Um, and you can see it in the performances in the pitch, and even with, you know, Manny's frustration boiling over at, at 3-0 with 10 minutes to go, you know. There's there's something a little bit different with this team, even from the end of last season. There is indeed, Dave. Um, I, I've sat in this podcast, many podcasts before this, going on about, you know, we, we were a team without any winners. You couldn't see any winners. Uh, you know, okay, yes, we've won something, but that... I'm talking about more about the appetite and the hunger. You, you know, that spat that, that we saw on the touchline, and, and, and that's all it is. I, I That was like, that was a joy to watch. The, just to see the fire still in them, that they're still raging. You know, they've won 3-0, and they're raging over, over you know, I don't think people have talked about goal bonuses and shit. Like, I don't believe that comes into it. I, I think it's personal. I think they all want to score, and they want to not... Well, that was Jimmy Redknapp, so we'll not read anything into that. You know what I mean? I, I believe it is that they all have a desire to score the goal, um, and they, they want to score as many as they possibly can. Why shouldn't they? Because they're playing football. It's, it's, it's beautiful to watch. You talk about the difficulties going to Turf Moor. I think we, we lost 2-0 there and had 80% of the possession, not, not two or three seasons ago, not very long ago. So, you know, the writing was on the wall, even at that stage, even when we were losing there. Uh, but it's a tough place to go. You know what you're going to get. Uh, Sean Dyke will have his team set up very, very well. We got ahead through, well, fortuitous, fortuitous uh, cross. Uh, took a wee bit of deflection off the back of the head of, I think, the big centre forward. And uh, looped over the keeper. Second goal, Manny just at his best. Like Firmino, at his best as usual, robbing the ball. Um, perfect vision, slides the perfect pass through, boom. After that, Firmino slots the third. And, you know, what can you say about Firmino? It's, it, you know, we're, we're blessed with three of them at the front there. And he, he, sometimes Firmino just gets lost in it because, you know, the other two are so brilliant. But what he does, what he brings to the party, like, it's, it's immense, absolutely immense, Dave. At this moment in time, <laughs> you talked about it, Pre-pod, you know, we, we, who is going to beat this Liverpool team? I, I defy to see anyone who's going to beat this Liverpool team. I, even even City at the minute. I, we'll, we'll go into that as the podcast goes on. This We're formidable at the minute. Yeah, we are. What a time to be alive. Uh, Jay, Dave's touched on Firmino there. And, you know, his performance was 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 unbelievable. Um, linking the play. Um, dropping into those spaces in between the lines, picking the ball up, opening up the pitch. And he was just at his absolute best um, playing as that whatever position you want to call it. Let's just probably call it the Firmino position. But there's there's something I noticed. He's actually had more shots um, this season in the Premier League than any other player, 17. And if we compare that to, to Salah with 13 and, and Mane with 7, do you think that we might start to see this season Firmino start to add more goals to his game? And that might be something that, that we've worked on during the summer, trying to get those additional numbers from Firmino. Because at the same time, what a finish. Hopefully it is, because we seem to have had, uh, when Salah's first season, obviously it was the season of sensational Salah, then last season it was majestic money. Hopefully it's fantastic Firmino there uh, with this season coming. But... There's the old adage of if, if you watch the game, you might not see Bobby, but if you watch Bobby, you see the whole game. And obviously, I get the pleasure of going to Anfield to watch him most weeks. And sometimes you you do just find yourself watching him because of A, he's so talented and what he can do on the ball, but B, 
he's just a raving lunatic anyway, so he just does mad stuff and said it last time I was on it, he just plays his own game. He he's got these things going on in his in his head that no one else on the pitch seems to have going on in his head and sometimes you wonder is he is he alright? Is he is he still on the tequila from last night or whatever? But coming into this season, he is he's a lot sharper, but then he didn't have the time off to go and get all that party and done. He had a few weeks off in Brazil, but he's come back and he looks lean, he looks sharp, he looks fit and he looks hungry. And that can only be a benefit for us. And as you say, he's popping these shots off. Excuse me, the, the weekend, that finish was clinical. He, he took it off Salah's toe and obviously there was a few incidents throughout the game where you could see because Mane got his goal, then Salah wants one. You, you know deep down there probably is that little personal battle between them of who can score the most goals because it would it come down to it last season. I remember the last game of the season. Salah was adamant he was going to get a goal, so he was equal with Manny because obviously the, the golden boot does mean something to them. Um, it's that prestigious prize that unfortunately they had to split between them and with the Bamiang last season, so every goal is vital. And if you look at the chart at the moment, Aguero's took an early lead with six, but Aguero probably will get injured throughout the season, so that's usually his downfall. But neither of the, the front three really are. In the top five or six names as it stands at the current stage of the season, so that'll be something that probably does bother them mentally in the back of the mind. Like, just can I just get this going? It it was probably the reason why Manny did sort of throw his toys out the pram. But we we even saw on the touchline the the likes of Firmino who'd gone off with Manny was was quick to to calm him down and not make a big issue out of it. Milner, obviously a senior pro, went over, sat down and consoled them and Klopp come out himself and said it was you know it's a storm in a teacup it was settled in the dressing room the big boys I'm sure they've shook hands and you know you're not going to argue with Jürgen he, he's the boss and if he says right that's it the end of it then obviously he, he does tell a lot of fibs in the press but you would like to believe that that is the end of it when it's something so personal um, that you know could be could be made out to be something more but that was that was yesterday's news. Now there's obviously a lot more current affairs going on, um, and other issues that have gone on around the club over the past few days. That this little tiff that happened on the sideline was was nothing really. And when Liverpool are winning, you want to see the hunger from the players. So if we were losing and you've got players coming off and throwing shirts and vests around and kicking off, that's when it starts to snowball into a bit of a, a negative slide. But when you're winning, you're top of the league, then Obviously, it's portrayed as passion, and they obviously they want to do more. They want they want everything that they can give. And with Mane coming back late, he probably feels he's also playing a little bit of catch up. And obviously, we've now got the international break. So this this week, I don't think either of them have actually travelled away with the national teams. I know Mane was given an exemption because he got to the African Cup final, but I think Egypt have also not called up Mo Salah because of the two friendly games. So. They've actually got two weeks where they can probably build a bit of fitness up and actually get a little bit sharper if it's actually possible over these next what, 10 days before we play again. Yeah, and they've they've knocked their pan in over the summer for their, their nation. So I think they've you know they've earned that time off. And I think the club also has a a good relationship with the um with the national teams and, and they've they've managed to work um, agreements, let's say, out with them before about, about giving, you know, particularly Salah time off um, whenever they can. And Dave, somebody who, for some unbeknown and bizarre reason, um, probably because what, from what you tell me, nobody in Brazil is actually aware of him because he hasn't played any time in Brazil, is Fabinho, who had the summer off. We're, let's be honest, Dave, we're, we're, we're probably looking at the best, the best holder midfielder in the league, aren't we? We are indeed, and maybe even beyond. He's certainly developing into that. Um, I remember, I think it was while he was at Monaco, I think it was James and Alton brought him to my attention. He, he looked like he had the potential to be fucking special. Considering that he missed the beginning of last season, really, you know, to, to get into the groove and everything, the fact that we're talking about him in, in, in this light and, you know, with this level that we believe he's at. It's, it shows what a player he is, and you know I don't think that we've seen anything near peak Fabinho yet. 
I think that there's there's quite a bit to go. I think that you know I think he's he's sort of finding his way still in that team. I think he's still finding his way with the language a bit, and uh, I think there's a sort of a commanding sort of presence with him. If you saw him in, in Monaco, and certainly whenever he was playing against uh, the Portuguese sides in, in the Champions League, he's very vocal, um, and we seem to lose that with him when when he's playing in the English league and whatnot. But certainly uh, that, that night in Portugal, it was, it was very, very clear like how vocal he is. And I think when he really finds his, you know, he's found his feet. Once he finds his voice, I think, you know, there's another level to go with Fabinho, Dave. You know, sometimes we forget because his performances have been so good and, and how, you know, vital he's become to the team that it's less than 12 months ago we had that game at the Emirates where he looked so completely out of his depth and completely overran in the middle of the park. And now we're looking at a player who we literally just cannot drop. He's, he's, he's one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, he, he goes about it, you know, look, it's, it's, he goes about his business. You don't even know he's there. That's how good he is. Um, you, you know, he doesn't get the accolades because he's just quietly going about it. It's like Didi Haman. Didi Hamban was a fantastic player for us, but he never really got the accolades because he just went quietly about, did what he did without any, no showboating, nothing, did his, did his work. You know, Fabinho has the odd big tackle in him, which, which is great as well, but he's that type of player. Yeah, and it was it was interesting to see how he was used on 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 Saturday. Um, his height's obviously a massive advantage in there, um, particularly, you know, looking to win first and second balls. But... Um, you know, a lot of the time he was he was the, the deepest of the of of the the three, if you want if you want to call it a three with Madup and Van Dyke and and he was picking up loose balls. Um they'd obviously worked on that. You know, Wood and and Barnes got no change uh, out of our back back three um all day. Absolutely nothing. At the heart of all that was Fabinho, right in between it, doing all the Doing all the mopping up, all the stuff that you rightly say, Dave, goes unnoticed. And then once, once he once he does pick the ball up, his use of the ball so intelligent and um, and he's another leader in there. You know, he is a leader, and he was that at Monaco. And we've got leaders all over the pitch now. And probably that you know, if you talk about a leader at, at Liverpool, um, most people's attention, Jay, will will come to come to Virgil and. It's it's so hard to it's so hard to play against him. You know, it's this is the this is the type of game that that he just swallows up. You try to beat him in the ground, and it's not really it's not really possible either. But you know, the occasion where someone does have the gall and the the audacity to start lumping balls up into the sky towards the penalty area. Um, and hoping one of their centre forwards can go and win the ball. Um, they're they're on a hiding to nothing, and that's what that's what it what it proved. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you will have um, managed to get hold of the the footage, but he was interviewed by Carragher um, after the game. Um, what the, probably was a picture doing the rounds on Twitter that most people have seen, and he looks about a foot taller than Carragher and John Walters as well. He's right. absolutely massive, isn't he? I, he he defines the word colossal because he is huge and he, he, I think one of the questions put to him was like, was, do you look forward to this type of game where you've got two lads who want to come up and have a have a physical game with you and he said yeah I like it because it's it's something, it's a new challenge it's not something you face every week obviously the likely strikers are now trying to run in behind or run off the shoulders which you know if you're trying to run outrun the fastest player in the Champions League last season. Good luck to you. But I think he relishes this challenge of, you know, these, what would you call them now, bathroom rams or whatever, of of the likes of Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes. And Ashley Barnes has been the man for Burnley this season. He got ragged off because he was absolutely, he was getting no change out of Matip or Van Dijk. And he had the goal to, you know, try and pull him wide and try and take him on. You just think, it's laughable now. Like you go to the game or you watch the game and you, you're laughing, going, "Is he for real?" As if as if he's trying to take Virgil and does he not know he's facing? And I said to my friend last week when we were at the Arsenal game, it was when Pepe done that half turn and you know he tried to get away and the, the media labelled it as he dribbled past Van Dijk. Well, not really because Van Dijk probably then caught up to him and then probably said, 
oh, by the way, I'm Virgil, we've not met, and now you know who I am. I'm just going to dominate you. And he must go into every game, you know, the first challenge. You can imagine he, he pops a little word off to the likes of Ashley Barnes and goes, afternoon. I just, just that's it, just get in the heads, because once he's won that first ball, <coughs> or he's nicked it off your toe, then really... He's in your head then because you think, well, I don't beat this guy because there is no, there's nobody who can get the best of him. And if you get the best of him once, you certainly won't get the best of him twice. You're absolutely right. Um, I went, I went to the, the the Spurs game last year, and it's not something I don't think it's not something I've ever seen before. But watching him, um, it's almost like he plays the game at his own pace. It's, it's as a centre half, and usually. You know, Jay, a centre half is dictated by the, the forwards that he's playing against as to how he approaches the game. But, but with Virgil, it nearly looks like it's the other way around. Yeah, he, he gives the impression of a family party and dad wants to get involved with the kids playing football and he, he's, he'll step in because his pride can't be damaged if, if one of the kids takes the ball past him. So he, he steps across and there's a little nudge with the backside and it's almost as though people have come to his yard and offered him a game of football and they don't actually know who he is until they get on the pitch and they realise, oh, that's the guy they're all talking about. And the likes of Harry Kane bounced off Virgil van Dijk and he, as you say, he plays at his own place. He, he looks like he literally could play in slippers and a housecoat and just be comfortable and not on phase him. As the ball comes down to me, he might just get up off his armchair and another away and then just spray it out wide and let the other boys do the business. He, he, he is he's freakishly good. I've never seen a centre-half like him. Like Going back through the years, I mean, I, I love Sammy Appiah because he was just dead simple. Do, get do the you ball, remember Hanson, Jay? Nah, he was before my time. Like, before your time. I, I had the pleasure of growing up in the 90s when you had the likes of you know, Neil Ruddock, Julian Dix, Steve Harkness, Mark Wright. And yeah, so, you know, not even people that you put in your sticker book. And then when Sammy Ippier and Stefan on show come, they were, like, they were a different class. And, to, to be honest, uh, yeah, but but I think for me, in Liverpool's history, of my in my lifetime, you know, Hansen, you're certainly talking, you know, okay, the game is at a different level and I understand that. But playing styles, you know, Jockey Hansen just, Played like just like you're saying with slippers and a pipe, you know, with a cigar in his hand and a brandy in, in his other hand. You know, you know what I mean. Uh, he just played the game at his leisure. You know, I, I'm not. I don't want to choose between the two. Uh, as I say, they're of different eras. It'd be very harsh to do that, but they're of a similar ilk. I think if Virgil stays for the foreseeable and we win a significant amount of trophies in his time, then the the argument probably is there to be had. Is he the best? We've had because obviously, as I say, I didn't, I wasn't blessed with seeing Hansen, and it's probably a toss up between Hippier and Carragher. Had Carragher purely for you know the the pride and the power, the passion of being a scouser and representing his club all his career, that he put his body on his line week in, week out, but he was never the, the greatest defender. He had to work at his game, where say the likes of Hansen, Hippier, and Van Dyke, it just comes naturally to them. where it doesn't seem to be like you have to think about what to do and it's all just, oh, I'll deal with this now and then the play can continue. Here, lads, before you jump in, Dave, I, I, I want to, since we're talking about the defence, and, you know, I, first of all, I want to say, Joel Matip, he's been fucking magnificent. You know, end of last season, he started the season. You know, I, I think in this pod, Dave, we, we had talked about, you know, Joe Gomez getting his place back after the injury, after the summer or pre-season, blah, blah, blah. It appeared to be going that way. And big Joel's back again. And look, he's there on merit. There's, there's, there's no, I don't have any issues with it whatsoever. But I'm, I'm just surprised because I thought that I thought that Joe Gomez would, would have sort of held on to his place. You any thoughts on it? You've answered the question there. He's, he's there on merit. And I think I think Klopp has shown, um, and this is one of, one of the... The things that he uses um, to to make sure that you know the squad's harmonised and and that everybody feels as though they're involved is that it's a meritocracy and if the shirt is Maddox and he's playing well he will keep the shirt you know no one's guaranteed their place and everybody has to go out 
every week in training and knock their fucking pan in. And when they have to, when they go out on Saturday or Monday night or whatever it is, they have to go and knock their pan in there as well. And for me, that's one of the main reasons why this team's level does not drop because it's not just competition with Manchester City or whoever they might be playing in the Champions League. It's competition with each other because they're aware that if they drop their levels at all, even if it's in training, they'll they'll not get their place back. And if somebody gets in, then they have to go even farther. And they also have to hope the other fella either gets injured or loses their form or, or something happens. Because if you go in, you play well, you will keep your place. And you saw it a few times last year. Like He throws, he throws Lallana in randomly at West Ham, I think. And put it down to he's been brilliant in training, and he said something similar um, about Origi, about how good he'd been in training, and he just looks looks better than he's ever been before. And you know he, he he's earned these starts against um, Barcelona, etc. And it wasn't to do with people being injured, which isn't necessarily true, obviously. But you know that it's it's all part of that environment that. The club creates, and it's such a it's such a key aspect to to the success of this team. And people have this one dimensional view that this this side can only be improved by by signing players, but that is not the way I see it. Um, this side is continue to improve and evolve, and they're like. They're almost like one of those cyber security systems now where every time they try to get hacked, they learn how to prevent that the next time. And every time something happens, they have this mentality and this togetherness that they can go and they can work it out and hold each other accountable. And it's just a fucking joy to watch right now. It's a joy to watch, you know, guys on the pitch who understand exactly what they're supposed to be doing, who understand exactly what what their teammates are supposed to be doing and all buying into the same thing. Um, and that is rare. Jay, just, uh, just uh, obviously the same sort of question to you, but big Joel Maddup, you know, since you know, sort of the last three, four months he's been playing, he just, he, he looks like he's bigger, number one. Uh, you know, he's playing with so much confidence, the head's so high up. But he's put in some brilliant performance, some some lovely maze he runs out, and out of out of the defence and whatnot, but some really good passes he makes um, from, from sort of midfield areas as well. Um, I, I, you know, I, I I've really sort of come round to him. Uh, what is, is he well appreciated in the ground? Yeah, I think the the opinion of him has probably changed what I see in terms of the. Uh, the outlook towards him probably this time last season to what it is now. Um, there's an argument to even say he's probably outperformed Van Dijk in certain games over the last five or six months. So probably since he got back in the team around about February, then he, he's arguably been up there with Van Dijk for, for being just as good. I would um, go along with that. They're the, the, the similar but the difference. Um, obviously, the, the grace from the one on the ball probably Van Dijk looks more comfortable in the ball, but Matip is a good footballer and they complement each other so well. Which you know, obviously people want Joe Gomez in or wanted Joe Gomez in. He got his chance at the start of the season and obviously first season, first game of the season there. But he did look all over the place against Norwich. So Joe Matip deserved his spot, whether that was Klopp offering a a carrot to Gomez to say prove me wrong and you know he just wasn't ready at that time whether there's still niggles whether there's injury or whatever but massive when he goes on them runs the, the whole crowd are behind him I can't can't quite put my finger on who I'm trying to think of when he gets the ball and he takes off and he's away um, but it, not only that it opens up the whole pitch and like you touched earlier on Fabinho just seamlessly slots himself back into whether it's a back three between those three lads or whether it's he's coming to collect the ball from them and open up the midfield. But if Matip goes, Fabinho's automatic reaction is just to slide back in. So we don't actually lose any sort of positional um, setup within the team. So let him go. And, and I think 
opposition don't actually know what to do with him because he comes towards them. You've got this guy who's six foot five gangling towards you like a giraffe out of control, but he knows what he's doing and he can he can feed the ball off and it does create a lot of chances and it'd be great if one day he sets up a little one two and he, he rifles one in from the edge of the box or he, he plays it wide and continues his run and Trent whips a ball in and up he rises and nods one in because that's one thing he has had to he has had to add to his game and he's done it this season. He's he's added a few more goals and for a lad of his size he should be dominating on corners anyway. When we've got Van Dijk who usually take the attention of at least two players, maybe three. But I think Jay, that's the point I'm trying, I'm trying to make there is I think Joe Maddow himself, you know, is a few inches taller in his head. We didn't dislike him in any way as a fan base, but we we, we, you know, we never really warmed to him at the same time. And then all of a sudden he's been in this team, he's put performances in. And honestly, he's, he's, as I say, for me, he's there on merit. And, you, you know, you understand where I'm coming from. I think it was because he came in free as a free transfer. So he's not glamorous. He come from Schalke. It's not glamorous. So he probably was brought in as sort of a, a fair choice at the time. Given, obviously, I think it was uh, Lovren was still there. I don't know if... Lovren and Sacco, wasn't it? Sacco, yeah. Because it was the early early days. Obviously, it was Klopp's first summer that he come in. And then, obviously, that was the situation with Sacco in, in America and the games he played and so on and so forth. But because he come in and he wasn't the glamorous name and he, he did have a few shaky games, but I think the talent's always been there and he probably needs about another half a stone of muscle on him and he wouldn't get injured so much. I think he's, because of his size, he probably picks up niggly injuries because he's, he's dangling legs and stuff into places that sometimes is a little bit risky but he seems to have mastered the art probably learnt it from Van Dijk where when to just nip in and nip the ball and he wins so many balls when they're coming up to him when he just steps in front of the striker and he's off and he's away Yeah, it's funny you say that about about his, his physique Jay because it's it seems to me early in his, his career his Liverpool career that he seemed to lack just that physicality and that intensity um, when he was, was up against someone um, and I don't know whether he just took that length of time to adjust to the, the league, whether it was because he couldn't get a run of games but as I've seen his form improve I've seen his intensity in the tackle and how he is so quick and um, as you say just nipping in front of people, getting those big long legs around the front um, he's stronger in the air, and you've seen that this season in, in both boxes. And I, I don't know what it is, but I feel like he, he just feel maybe it just looks as though he feels it himself that he is just a bigger, stronger guy. And he, and he's not picked up an injury for a while. Touchwood, he's not picked up these little niggly knocks that he was picking up early on. So you can only presume he's been he's been worked on. At, at the training ground, like the likes of Origi, he he disappeared as a boy and come back as a man, and he bulked up. And it, it's obviously something that we're working on with these lads to to get them in prime physical condition. And it, he probably feels stronger in his head and in his body, so it all breeds confidence. And obviously, playing next to Virgil, that'd be anyone's dream, no matter who you are in the world. You could be the best defender of the last 10 years, but if Virgil's lining up next to you, then if that doesn't breed confidence in going out and performing on the field, then I'm probably sure there isn't actually anyone who could do that for you. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Dave, it's, it's a 3-0 win. It's an hour, it's an hour three points. It's, it's 12 from 12. Um, we're top of the league. And it was about, I don't know, October, November, this time last year where, where I, I asked you would, would this team ever lose again and, and since then in the league we've lost once and as it stands now you know looking ahead a little bit because we've got the international break coming up like do you do you actually see a team that can work this Liverpool team out and that this Liverpool team can't work out Dave you've always got the football gods to contend with as well you know there, there could be a day that we're at our very worst and, and somebody playing out of their skin you know th- th- those those results are going to happen to any good side regardless of how good you are you know th- there's 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 freak uh, uh, results out there so you know 
Um, and, and, you know, we've been so good. But at this moment in time, we're not doing anything different than what we've been doing for the last two or three seasons. We're just doing it a hell of a lot better. I, <laughs> so, I, Dave, I think we're better from, from even six months ago, honestly. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. We, we just get better and better at it. So you're talking about how does someone work us out with great difficulty because, you know, whatever version you're trying to work out, the 2.1 or the 2.3, the 2.4 version is is, the, is is going to be evolved by the next time you come across them. You know, it, it, it's part of the, what's so exciting about us at the minute, I think, Dave, as well, is is that, you know, it, it is ever... It, it, it evolves and gets better, and you know these players are maturing. They're 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 now starting to mature as a group, uh, as a very sort of settled group. And you know we we could look at you know maybe three four years more of this of this type of intensity uh, of play from from that particular group. There, there's none of them in there that are very very old. So I don't know how you even begin to work us out. Uh, it must be a complete not a nightmare. Uh, I can understand why. Lesser teams just go for the, the 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 lesser of all evils and park the bus because it's at least you've got your your two panks of four or one of five or whatever you want to play um, to protect you. But even that may not be enough. It's between us and City, Dave, at, at the minute. You know, you're talking definitely, without a doubt, if not to the two best teams in Europe, to you know, two of the the top three, um, with without a doubt. There's not going to be many games this season where we lose, like, and that's and that really is the truth. But never rule out the freak. I know, Dave. It's not really the answer that I wanted, like, but and the freak, the freak might happen, and the freak probably will happen. But we've seen the managed games so well now that it just seems so unlikely that it's going to happen to us. You know. Like how often did the freak happen? <laughs> Dave, you're 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 scudding this. Don't say I, no I'm more. I'm not, but <laughs> but I'm not, and that's the thing. I'm absolutely not because you know there's a complete trust in this in this team and a complete trust in how this club's being run at the minute. And every time someone says, you know, every time someone throws up some random opinion that is where they feel that the club or the the team can be improved, like oh, we need a number nine. Do you remember when we needed a number nine, a goal scorer number nine? Because Firmino didn't score enough goals. Do you remember those days? But we needed well, many a thing, Dave. We, oh, we needed a whole new team, basically. Oh, the whole new team, and we needed a new captain, and we didn't have any leadership, and you know, Lovren was a wooden top. We can't, we can't manage games, and Genie's a ghost, and all this bollocks. Well, you know. I've just got complete trust in, in, in the process that's going on at the minute. And as you say, it's evolving and it's getting better and it's getting better and it's getting better. And we'll look a little bit ahead, kind of pre-pod. And I don't want to get brought into this silly debate about celebrating when players get injured. You know, you shouldn't celebrate when anybody gets injured. It's 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 a horrible thing to happen to anybody. Um, at the same time, though, you know, you cannot, you cannot help but it shows a different and, dynamic at certain certain aspects of our season. Exactly, you cannot help but look to see how, how it might influence the success of your of your own football club. And that's not to say that we're we're pleased or happy about it, but it is a scenario which is certainly worth considering. Jay Laporte looks like he's probably going to be out, you know, Christmas at the earliest. I think that's optimistic if it if it is what it looks like it was. You know, it's one of those really innocuous ones and, and they always seem to be the worst kind. So, you know, I feel for the guy. But let's be honest, they're light at centre half, like really light at centre half. Laporte was the man. He was the fucking man there. They've got Stones, who still isn't fit and who was completely bombed out last season. You've Otamendi, who, let's be fair, a lot of people have their issues with. Um, I don't think he's a bad player, but he's he's got a... He's got a Let's call it a lovering in him every now and again. And they're their they're their Fernandinho's only two. now dropping back as well, Dave. Well well that's it, but they're their only two recognised centre halves. And then you've Fernandinho who will go in there because he is a very intelligent footballer and probably will be able to play that position quite well. And your your fourth options, probably Kyle Walker. So please, you know, please put him there. Yeah, absolutely. Every week. Every week. But you know, I, I know this. I know this city team. Obviously, you know their defensive philosophy and their football philosophy is is, is obviously not 
purely reliant on their centre halves and you know that defensive work comes a lot with how they retain the ball and how little the opposition has the ball and uh, and how they squeeze them etc etc and we know all that but in this in this era between these two teams of of marginal gains and it is marginal gains as, as showed last year do you think this could swing something certainly in favour of Liverpool? It could potentially swing us in our favour. First of all, let's not pretend that Man City fans weren't elated when Alisson hobbled out on the first game of the season against Norwich. They were probably over the moon. They were rubbing their hands together thinking, well, now's their weakness because Alisson was phenomenal last season. We all know that. And we do give teams chances as as good as we are at the back. We do give teams chances, and it was actually nice. First of all, at the weekend to get a clean sheet for once. I'm sure that's done Adrian the world of good as well because he was shanghaied in, and he, he he probably didn't even know what to call the lads in front of him he, apart from the names on the back of the shirt. And obviously, you go and buy everyone gets called the nicknames probably when they're playing, but he probably didn't know what to call them so. He's had a bit of a rough start in terms of he was dropped into the club. But bringing it to Man City then, well, Laporte is probably the second best defender in the league to Virgil van Dijk. Arguably, obviously with bias, we all like Matip, but let's not be honest. Uh, let's be honest that Laporte was phenomenal last year and you can't take that away from them. They lost the Bruyne, but... They had the attacking talent to deal with that last season. They've not got the defensive backups that they needed this season. And not only have they lost Laporte, but they've lost company. So they've lost two huge figures at the back from last season. And that'll be a real test for them because you ran through the options. Kyle Walker, he's he's not even in the England squad because he's not that good at right back. So what is he at centre back? Fernandinho, a good player, yeah. But at centre half. We yet to find out. He's certainly not got the pace to be chasing the likes of Jamie Vardy backwards. But what he has got is the the mouse in the brain to to know when to make tactical fouls. But he might actually be exposed a bit more that centre half, where in the middle he can get away with making these nine, ten challenges that he gets away with in the game. That you know he just shakes his head at the referee and walks away and gets away with it on the edge of his own box. Is he going to be getting away with stuff like that? That'll be another one to find out and then they've got what Otto Mendy you, you said this is their version of love and he's he's okay on his day but he has got the occasional rick in him and he doesn't fill you with bags of confidence and then you've got who else have you got uh, Stones but at, at the moment he doesn't seem like he can keep himself fit so it will be interesting to see how they line up and it'd be nice to see teams actually having a go at Man City now because with Laporte and went obviously company last season. There is that fear of how are we going to beat these fellas where if you're lining up against Man City now and you see Otamendi and Fernandinho at the back then I'm sorry but even if you're Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes you're rubbing your hands together saying get the ball up to me get it at the head ice and we'll see what these boys are made of. Because the days have be got at and the, the, the cheek that I don't know if you see the pep moaning in the press saying he didn't have the money to spend well Man City can spend what they want because they seem to buy themselves out of trouble in terms of backhanders to whoever they get investigated by and he spoke 60 million on a right back and that's 200 million on fullbacks that he spent in the last two and a half years so he can't moan to anyone that he's not had any money to spend because he has what he has done is he's just spoke it in the wrong places yeah it's it's certainly an area that was identified as as probably like let's probably be fair their their only real weak spot, and with with company going that was that was obviously a big impact there. But now with with Laporta, who as you rightly say is is in my eyes clearly the best, the, sorry the second best centre half in the league, and that's that's exposed that that area even further. So I don't know what you think, Dave. There's there's games that 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 they can draw points in that I maybe don't see us dropping points in. And I don't know. I just I just have this feeling this this team continues to 
this team continues to right wrongs from from experiences that that they've gone through before. You know, um, we've had so many watershed moments. Um, you know, the Spurs hammering four one at Wembley that time, and 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 we recovered well from that. You know, we we get the Champions League final and lose one year, and we win it the next. And you know, I I just get the feeling that when it comes down to the games that maybe people have talked about as as us fallen foul off last year, you know, your United's and Everton's and and um, West Ham's away, um, that those are the types of games that we will write those wrongs in and that we will get to the point where we'll win the league. David, it's wonderful. You know, we take a pitch as European champions and if you forget that the travelling cop will remind you the whole way through the game, which it's just, it's a chant that I love. And to hear that booming out in Burnley there the other the other day, you know, Champions of Europe, uh, you, you know, just ju- just reminds you of uh, of who you're playing. We know what it takes to get 97 points and not win, so we know that we need to push ourselves that little bit further in order to get. I think honestly, we need to look at 100 points, really, don't we, to to, to say we're going to win the league. And uh, you know, you talk about the, the, the Manny Salah spat and everything. It's incidents like that give me hope that we can make 100 points because those those guys care. Those guys are fired up to, to fucking hell, like ready to rock and roll. Um, they are fired up and they, they will stop at nothing until they win this league. In my opinion, that's what I'm seeing from this team. You you know, the likes of the games where maybe we, we lost points to Leicester's and the West Ham's where we lost. As I say, we're walking in there with a bit of pomp, head held high, Champions of Europe. Yes, they're, they're, out, to, they're out to get us. And we're a big target on our backs now, massive target on our back. But I think there's a good enough team to handle it. You know, we talk about how we manage games, how we manage sides. We, we, in reality, we could probably put six past Burnley, but we're just managing the game out because it's a long season. It's a joy to watch at the minute, Dave. And I do, I honestly think we stand an amazing chance this season of doing a double with the Champions League as well. I really do. I, I just think... Last season was the springboard to, to something magnificent this season. Yeah, it amazes me that we're not favourites for the Champions League. It, it's just, it's absolutely baffling to me. Um, no, Dave, that, that actually works out in our favour. It's nice to, It's nice to be the underdogs again. <laughs> here, Dave, we're, we're rarely the underdogs these days. Yeah, we're rarely the underdogs. That's what I mean. I'll, t- I'll take that every day because all the, you know, when we went to Kiev, we were the underdogs. Jesus, when we played Seville uh, in, in the UEFA Cup the last time, we were the underdogs there as well. Underdogs will do me fine. I, 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 oh, this favourites tag's overrated. Do you know what, though? See, look at it. There's probably one league match this season out of 38 where we're not going to be the favourites with the boogies. And that'd be a way to city. That'd be the only league match that we're not the favourites to win. That would be also dependent on who they've actually got fit at the time as well. Because we go there, and I think it's around about middle of November. Oh, no, sorry, they, they come to us. They, I was uh, going to say, do we go there, Jay? I thought they came no, to no, us first. They they come to us, apologies. They come to us on November the 9th, is scheduled in for now, probably get moved to the 10th. There'd probably be no Laporte. I would say we go to City. It's scheduled at the moment for early April, and then there's only... One, two, three, four, five, six games after that in the league. We might have a couple more depending on cup issues and as and when. Obviously, the the World Club Cup is obviously going to rule out our West Ham game in December. So when they fit that in, obviously, then you've got the domestic cups, Champions League and so on. But we go to the Etihad with six games to go after that in the season. That is the definition of a six-pointer after just four games of the season already, because the way both of us are going, we're already opening up a gap on the rest. So by the time you do get to the, you know, the, the later echelons of the season, six games to go after that, you probably could say you put on a ribbon on the on the title at that point because. Oh, psychological blows if you lost that one, definitely without a doubt. It does, and um, you know, you said obviously that. They come to Anfield, but over the next few weeks, they've actually got a few tough fixtures, especially away from home. So it'll be interesting how how they approach teams and how teams approach them. I mean, after the international break, they go to Norwich, and 
you know, we were impressed with Norwich when they come to Anfield and at home, it's a tight little ground. It's it's not an easy trip to make because it's the back end of nowhere in the UK. But, you know, they're going to be right up for that. Norwich getting the, the Premier League champions at their own ground. That'll be a tough game for them. And, you know, will, will Timu Puki cause their centre-halves, whoever they may be, a bit of damage? And then you've only got to look across their away fixtures over the next two, three months. They go to Goodison, can always be a tough fixture. They go to Palace, again, can always be a tough fixture. Both of them games are half, half five on a Saturday, so the home fans will have been a few hours in the pub, nice and raucous, up behind their boys, and then the next away fixture after that is they come to Anfield. So they've hardly got a nice little run of fixtures away from home. They've got a few nice, kind ones at home, but you know they're there to be shot at. And as Premier League champions, they're going to get shot at and without the centre-half burden of last season. They, they should be getting targeted. Obviously, we, we've got our own issues to deal with, but you'd always take one glance at the fixtures and see who they've got because you're not asked about the rest of the league. They're, they're gone already, four games in. You, you ain't worrying about the rest. Don't let them deal with their petty little league that they want to try and get into the top four. We're, we're above that now. We're, we are the champions of Europe. We don't need to worry about getting in the Champions League because we win it. So... Let, let everyone else deal with trying to get in it. We'll just win it. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? That's it. The the, the gap opening up at the moment um, is already significant. Spurs dropped seven points. You could probably afford to drop 14 points all season to be in a realistic shape with winning the league. It's just fucking mental. But that's the reality. So, at the moment, it looks like it's Austin City again. Fortunately, we have far better centre-halves than they do. So, I'm just going to say we're going to win the league. Why not? Well, because every season, that's what you went to the league for, is to win it. You don't go in it just to make up the numbers. I mean, there's probably a dozen teams that do go in the league to make up the numbers, but we're not in it to take part. We're in it to win it. And you don't go that far as we did last season to even have our name in the little yellow bracket for all of 90 seconds and that absolute moment of chaos at Anfield when we were 1-0 up and I think Man City were drawn or maybe losing, I can't remember, but it was all Blair. But that moment, it was there and it was snatched within minutes. But that feeling of we're going to win the league is something I've never experienced and, and yeah, yeah, I'd swap. I'd swap a Champions League win to win the league because we I've seen us win the Champions League twice now, and you, you can you can enjoy that feeling that that night will never be forgotten. But to do it over ten months, thirty eight games, and especially to beat a team from Manchester, there's not there's not a more sweeter that I want than is to do that. Whether it's Man United or Man City, just you know to to get one over on that city and then people it, it can't be put into perspective of how big it actually is well yeah i'm i'm like the opposite i've seen the vast majority of the of the, the league wins you know what i mean and, and i truly do believe that given the obstacles that are in our path at the minute with with city and whether they're playing a straight game or whether they're not there's stinks no matter what way you look at it if, if we were to win the league this time, in my opinion, it would be the greatest league win in our lifetime because we have overcome not just like the rest of the league teams in the league, but we've overcome a state in the process as well, which would place it on a pedestal. Maybe rightly or wrongly, I'm thinking like that, but but you know, it it would be one hell of an achievement. And uh, amazingly, I think we're capable of it. Yeah, I I think we are, and you're up against an illegal machine. Those league wins in the past, there was no foreign money and dirty money and backhanders to companies to to get away with what they get away with. We all know what they're doing, and allegedly, until it's it's proven. But we we, we you're oblivious to the fact of it's actually going on unless you actually want to look into it. But you know, to, they they put a lower wage bill than us then. You know, I, I'm in the wrong job because 
I need to come get a job at Man City somehow. Um, but yeah, it, it 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 would be the biggest achievements and like Champions League nights are special, but winning that league, I, it's just something I want more than anything because it's it's something that's that that's the only one thing missing and. To get into your early thirties and the only team that I've seen win the league at Anfield is Blackburn Rovers. <laughs> well, Kenny Dagley lifted the trophy, but it was Blackburn Rovers. So it that you know that right that wrong in in my mind. Yeah, and you know let's let's hope let's hope that they do. The way I see it is that if this team win the league, and I think that they will, there's an argument that this is the best team in Premier League history regardless of Manchester City's travel or whatever, the best team in Premier League history. Um, so on that note, Jay, thanks very much for joining me tonight. My pleasure as always. Thank you, sir. Dave, thank you for your company. No, always a pleasure, Dave. I'm sure I'll be talking to you again next week, I'm sure, at the latest. Well, international break coming up. So the first portion of the season's over, 12 from 12. Up a top of League Reds. <laughs>